Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new The National Blast podcast with Keenan Skelly. Join Keenan and guests as they blast you to a place that is certainly not boring, yet still giving you highlights from areas in cyber where key policies and legislation are needed, exist, but aren't enforced, or no one is even talking about it. Knowledge is power. Now, more than ever. Hey, everybody, it's Keenan Skelly, and you are listening to the latest episode of The National Blast, and I have some very exciting shit to talk about today. I'm talking with Ian, and I'm going to let Ian tell all of the things about himself right now. Tell me, Ian. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ian Branson. I'm the global head of cybersecurity for ABS Group. Uh, it's a long-winded way of just saying we deal with OT cyber. Um, we're out there right now trying to not only solve like right in the front line um, with with Describe the front the front line like to the the listeners because when we say the front line of anything with cyber, people are like, "What does that even mean?" Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Right now, the front line, what we're talking about with that is in the actual systems of um, in OT, meaning what, if you're actually with critical, cyber, uh, critical infrastructure and you go into the actual machines, equipment, everything that makes things go, bad guys are in there. They're trying to blow things up and trying to shut things down uh, or... We got Stuxnet out there happening. We got Colonial Pipeline out there happening. Things that affect everyday people. Yeah, and that risk is going up. And we're trying to get ahead of it. Um, in fact, we're trying to get the whole industry to get ahead of it. Um, but right now, it's that's a hard fight. Why is that? Why is it so hard? You know, all of my listeners know my background already and my how much I love critical infrastructure and how much we talk about it here. It, and... One of the complaints that I have is we've been talking about this for a long time, but right now, specifically Congress, the president, people have their eyes focused on it because we've had much, uh, much, much more um, evidence of attacks over the last six months to year than we have in the past. But I think you correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's just going to get worse. Right. Yeah. So the risk is getting more. So everything's getting more connected. Right. When, When you're in there in operations, when you're talking about the machines and the equipment, uh, first of all, a lot of that stuff was never meant to be connected. So now we're connecting a bunch of junk that no one ever thought would be. So they didn't think to protect it. Secondly, is they're just rushing to get connected more because they're trying to do digitalization. They're trying to do automation. They're trying to do remote control. All that's for market. They want to get ahead of the market. They want to reduce costs. They want to be able to operate faster, more uh, more lean, et cetera. But no one's thinking about the cyber side. They're rushing out there to save the competitive advantage. But um, in the OT, in industrial cybersecurity, they're, they're not paying attention as much to that. So you can see the risk is going up. I mean, things are getting more connected, more open. But if you're not really doing the basics, and we're not even talking about things that are that sophisticated. We're talking about know your assets. Know oh, yourself. yeah. Like it, it, when I think back to the old school days, owners and operators might have a sysadmin. Maybe. Yeah. They might have an IT guy. Maybe. Right. But when it comes to security, if you can't put that on your, you know, your P&L and say at the bottom line, I can really afford to do this, then you're not going to do it. Well, that's then, and that's a lot of times what I get asked. I get everything from right now because the things are getting more, they're 
a lot more tax happening because the government's paying more attention because there's more exposure podcasts like this talking about it. Uh, you start getting now a little bit more of a range. So it used to be really hard to talk about it. Now you'll have some um, customers and some people who say, yeah, we need to do something. I just don't know. What. I just have no idea where to start. I don't know right? where to begin. And then other ones who are still telling me, I, they think I make up cyber to sell them stuff. And then I'm like, okay, we're going to come back and talk to you. You're screwed, man. I can't help I can't you for that as we go. So, so yeah, where to begin is that. And usually they, they get overwhelmed because there's a lot of technical speak. And ours is like, no, no, no. Start with the basics. Do you know what you need to protect? We call that asset management, asset inventory. Do you know what holds you have? Do you, oh, right, let's back up even before that. Do you know why you need to protect that true. asset, right? True. I found this like over the last 15 years, owners and operators are super smart about what makes the money and where the money is coming from, but they're not always super smart about why the money is coming from that thing. And I think that's, that's part of that initial, this is why you're important. This is what you're affecting, whether you think you are or not. And then why should you protect it? And, the, and I think that's part of the challenge. And I think actually the power of when you talk about industrial side, what do you mean? IT, IT side, usually they think, okay, that's people stealing data. They're just doing stuff on my enterprise side. So usually those budgets are shrinking. The voice is pretty small. But when you get into the industrial side, the ones who truly understand it, they're like, holy crap, this is, this is affecting my operations. This is my life's blood. If I'm a pipeline company and I can't move oil, yeah. or if I'm a power You're company, a water treatment company, and I can't yeah. do that, or someone's trying to poison that, or they're trying to get something into that, um, it's a big damn deal. It's the core of their identity. And it's the core of their revenue. Yeah. So when they get it, now they're saying, okay, how do I how do I protect this? Because you're talking now about operational risk, but you're also talking about safety. Yeah. Uh, so you're talking. You know what? I'm going to stop you right there because you just said something that's that's profound, and that I've, I've preached this a lot on this podcast. A lot of people outside of America think that security is safety. They're one and the same. They're exactly the same thing, and that's because they've lived different lives than we have. We're still young in America. We haven't lived through world wars where privacy and data weren't going to get you killed or put on a list, right? So that right there is something that Americans are really just coming to terms with. Like we have this information and we have this power and we have this water treatment plant. We have this nuclear power plant. It's not just about security. It's about safety, yeah. general safety. Because things are what we call cyber physical. I mean, they can do junk in the real world. They can overheat heat a valve, they can overheat a system, they can change a valve, they can change a setting, they can make something, they can, if it's maritime, they can destroy a, a cooling tower. You can is- steer ships into another ship. You can do a lot of stuff, okay, here that they usually only see in some of the sci-fi movies. I'm like, no, you're getting into that realm now because in OT Cyber, what you always say is when you're at beginning of OT Cyber and you're just entering into that network, they look like computers, but the deeper you go into that network, the more things look, less things look like um, computers and more things look like pieces of equipment, devices, valves. And so as you go deeper, you start getting into more realistic things, devices, and equipment that you use, and cranes and all that. That's what they're trying to get at. And the things that you don't really think are important, but generally you would say, oh, well, that's it's not a big deal, right? It's a crane or it's not a big deal. It's just, you know, the O2 system. 
system that runs the AC and, you know, lets right. everybody breathe inside the building. <laughs> it's not that important though, right? No, these aren't that important. So, you know, and that's what you have to get. And what is that risk to that? Uh, um, and when you said safety, that's, you can do site safety, you know, what's happening or a vessel, if it's on a ship or if it's in a, a power plant, but it's also environmental safety. It's public safety. So you see, it's a safety Yahtzee. Oh, yeah. You can all up and down. So okay, I'm gonna through. stop you right there. He just said he said Yahtzee, y'all. He just <laughs> said Yahtzee. Okay, I'm from Chicago, and Yahtzee is like a, like an every night thing. <laughs> and I never, I can't think of the last 20 years of my life ever hearing somebody refer to anything in technology as Yahtzee. So you get a high five. There you go. And you get a cheers. you get a cheers. Yes, it's RSA. We're having a drink. Okay, go ahead. So, um, so. What's going to change? Like, what's going to make this change? We were talking a little bit before even we started the podcast and what's going to happen with that. And yeah, we've been talking about it for a while. What's either changing now to get it more focused and where's it going to make real change? Mm -hmm. So what's happening now? Say that. Well, you mentioned a little bit. More attacks have been happening. More focus is on critical infrastructure. Why? Because bad guys are starting to learn that they can do bad stuff in these systems. They realize that when you got to talk about, say, Colonial Pipeline, I know that was an IT attack, but it had OT consequences. You shut down a pipeline for a week. And, you know, that was, that was a warning bell to people like you and me. That was a dinner bell for the bad guys. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, oh, wait, hold There's on a There's a lot of stuff out here. I can do <laughs> stuff. Hold on. So you start seeing other attacks happen. And then you start seeing other exposures, like Log4j and others. They had, again, IT, and then also there's OT. Then you have Pipe Dream. They're like, okay, now that's specific to OT. Why? Because bad guys are starting to learn it. And then you have a conflict like you have in the Ukraine. And what you have is an accelerator. Because in those conflicts, guess what gets moved faster? Weaponization of stuff. Weaponization of cybersecurity and infrastructure is there. There, people, there were attacks on Ukrainian infrastructure before boots ever hit the ground. I was just going to say that. that that's, everybody thinks that this is new. Like the public thinks this is something that's new. This never happens. But oh my gosh, it's been happening for 20 years. And you, But now you get this conflict. They're going to be able to try new stuff. Yes. And, and he, now they also have the power of media, the power of the internet, the power of, hey, we did this and we want to take credit for it. There are, there are other things that are in yes. play now that weren't 10 years ago, 20 yeah. years ago. And even more than that, I think, yes. So building on that is we call this the Ukrainian conflict. Said that's, this is now a multiplayer game. It's not two oh, nations yeah. going at it. All of a sudden you had anonymous declaring <laughs> war <Yes>. on the, <laughs> on the have, Russian government. And then, then you, you have Conti who's like, we don't know who we are <laughs> as an organization. And then you, then you, then you had... Um, then, retaliations against us for, for that. it's all of a sudden it's everyone on everyone you have false flag uh, stuff going on you get everything jumping in because there's a conflict which then expedites the risk expedites because they're going to get better at it so why has it moved last time it's because it's starting to hit a tip i say starting it hasn't hit it i don't know what it's going to take but there's going to I be i think we're going to see it the next mm, you know six months though it's going to be to russia and ukraine there's going to be there's just it's it's getting please don't say cyber 911 i will punch you right now no no i'm not saying anything <laughs> because i don't want almost i want to put it out there in the universe and what i'm saying is but there is this convergence but then you have government coming in and saying okay uh we need to be, take this more seriously and they are and, there's, and, and CIS has done some great jobs for getting information out. 
there's obviously executive orders, there's regulatory environments, as, as, as you well know. And then you, so you have digitalization coming in, things getting more connected. You have the bad guys doing more things, uh, you know, having more attacks, but more sophisticated, more, uh, they're learning that arena. And then you have um, the government coming in. At some point, that all hits a tipping point. All those convergences hit something. Um, and that's why you're, seeing an uptake on stuff but that's not what's going to get the good guys doing good stuff Uh Um, here we go (laughs) i feel like there's about to be a bomb drop well i just (laughs) it's just what i'm looking at it going everyone says okay the united states government should come in and save the day and give us a bunch of regulatory environments some people say of course other people say no way no way i'm saying if you're asking that you might be asking the wrong question okay because Compliance can do some stuff. I've seen it. There are people who want to justify budgets that actually spend on it. And if there's a regulate regulation, that frees them up to go do this. So they can actually make the case. It gets some others who weren't paying attention to, to, to anything to start doing something. But you cannot regulate your way to security. You can regulate your way to compliance. And there's a huge difference. Between there's compliance. a massive, I'm so glad you said that. There's okay. a massive difference. And when it comes to... Most of the companies in the United States, if we're talking about U.S. government, right? If you say compliance, they're like, oh, well, shit, I got to do this. If you say regulation, they're like, why? Why yeah, do I have to do right. that? And, what I'm and saying, that's a cultural United States thing. But I would say, again, government can play a lot of roles. And again, some of the clients did, but compliance, first of all, is a least common denominator concept to begin with. It has to, by definition, apply to the broadest amount of people so that it makes the least amount what you do. Secondly, it's binary. Do you do this? Do you not? Not how well, not how well you should, not what your threat environment, your maturity assessment. It's just simply yes, no. Yeah. Oh, training for people? Oh, you had you sent out a, a, a you sent an email out. Yeah, once a year. And then like that's it. Check, right? It doesn't do anything that's more substantial that needs to be done. Yeah. But nor should it, is what I'm saying. I'm saying that this, the actual, what's happening in there, what's happening here, the digital front lines of what we said is actually in the systems and in the operations and in the networks of critical infrastructure. Therefore, the people who run the critical infrastructure need to get serious about what's going on. If they live in market, then I believe it is those market drivers that's going to actually get in there. So let me give you an example. Oh man, I got I got so many comments already. I'm going to stop you before you give up. Okay. So yes to market drivers, yes to all of that. But how many operators? I mean, like cyber operators at nuclear power plants or water treatment plants? Do you know who are like, oh man, I got to do this for the people? Got to do it what for the people? I got to do no, this no. for the people. Like, they have a job. No, they, they don't have a job, and they have the job to do. But their organizations, their companies especially the ones that are private sector ones, mm-hmm. need to understand that if you can't, let's say, bid mm-hmm. on something because you, you have a cyber rating. Let's just mm-hmm. say you had a Moody's rating, if you will, or a credit score, if you will. But isn't that and what that. cyber insurance is for? No, uh, cyber insurance has got its own set of issues. Cyber insurance can't right now underwrite cybersecurity because there's no information. There's no historical There's data. no historical I data. sat and talked with them about, you need predictive analytics. In order to have predictive analytics, you need data. In order to need data, you need to be doing something. There's a, there's a, there's a loop there that you have to figure out. And you got to break that. Yeah. Okay. And we're working with them to try to get that done. But that's a different jam altogether. No, you don't have a rate. There isn't a thing out there. There isn't a thing that says, if you went below your AAA cybersecurity rating, we're going to bring down your valuation of your stock. 
Because if he did, I promise you, everybody would care. (laughs) I've been in the room. I've been in the room with the cyber folks that have been largely ignored. And up until a point where that company could not bid on a project because they could not provide strong enough evidence of their cyber. And this is not new in the world of government contracting or any kind of business. They don't really, For example, if you violate the rules of sharing a nuclear weapons information with other right. countries, uh, you don't get to play with the government anymore. Right. But, like, if, this is, but, but it's not strictly enforced on, the, on that side. What I'm saying is when this situation happened and they could not bid, the head of operations and the head of sales ran into the room, banged on the table and said, we need better cyber. I'm like, oh. oh and at that point, need- I was like, oh, we, we affect your top line. So you can't bid on stuff? And you're going to care. You're going to have problems with, with potential insurance, then you might care. You're going to have problem with your stock prices or evaluation, then you're going to care. So how, the question but this then is, is the how do you get... between government and business always is that business is looking at the bottom line and government is looking right. at something bigger. The question, and I would say the harder, work? yes, the harder question here is what is, everybody says public-private partnerships, right? We've been saying that since NPPD yeah. started since DH started. It's hard. And it's specifically hard when you come in as the government, you say, I'm going to regulate you and I'm going to make rules for you, but I'm not going to give you any carrots for doing right but things. This is, and I'm saying this because you know one lever, which is regulatory. Mm-hmm. Not that you don't do some of that just to baseline everything. I, I got of course. But the rest of that is the government could or organizations could in these partnerships or whatever you want to call them, they start injecting this into those market drivers. If you start promoting that, maybe the government is the one who sets up this Moody's rating, mm-hmm. but it gets it adopted by the analysts. It gets it adopted that, yeah. and associates and everyone and have that enforced. But it's a maturity model now, and it's a benchmark maturity model. It's not a yes, no. It's how well you do, what's your target state, what's your particular environment. But when you start doing it on this kind of level, whether it be the government or, or other forcing factors, but if you get it into this, let me put it this way. If I'm a company and I have a regulation, I will do the least amount to meet the regulation. Of course. But if I'm a company and I have to beat out a competitor on a bid, I will, I will do, do the everything. I will do. throw billions of dollars so into that project. You've got to get it into that energy. Right, you're not talking about yeah. the good for everyone, you're not talking about altruism, you're talking about this is about you get it into the mainstream of market drivers. This will have its own sustainable no shit. Trip. You cannot do business with the US government unless these are the things, these are things, Boom. or get it into any supply chain. Everyone make that mandate for the link before. Yeah, I want it because I'm inheriting your risk when I when we do when I do business with you oh, and you're yeah. doing something. Then I inherit yours and you inherit them. Yeah. So if you just turn to everyone turn to the left <laughs> and to the organizations that, that supply them, yeah, I'm looking at you and I'm <laughs> gonna start making this part of my RFPs. Why? Because it's better for me yes. to protect myself because a tax through the supply chain and there's a tax on the supply chain. Oh, let's, and not, let's not even get into supply chain. Like SBOM is a whole other talk that we could we should have, <laughs> actually. We should That's have. Fine. You okay. should definitely come back because. We've already had like 15 different topics. Yeah. And I'm like, insurance, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot <laughs> like, yeah, to all of them. Because it, it's all happening at once, occurring to right. each other, right? right? So all these things happen because if you're in critical infrastructure, by and large, you're part of some sort of supply chain. Yep. Okay. And in that, as part of supply chain, you do need to look at the stuff that happens. I said before, I'm what, what 
you, if this is going to take off, have to get into that private sector because that's where the problem is. That's where the driver is. That's where everything is happening. You can't just come from the outside and pull one. Uh, And that's And you can't come in as the government and say, you must do this. Correct. If you can start promoting it and let them take itself because. And let them help build it. And put it into their competitive stuff. Yeah. Have them understand that if you're at the end of the supply chain and you're consuming it, you can set those standards. Okay. If, and you, those other people will, will, if you say, listen, this is one of the critical criteria. We're just going to evaluate, not if you're doing it, but if you're doing it better than your competitor, because mm-hmm. we want the same environment. We can tell you if you are. And we can tell you if you are. And if, again, if you need something, you know, then, then you'll start getting these yeah. kinds of ratings. And then that will standardize. Yeah. The government can help facilitate that. The government can help promote that. It can, okay. but the government is not comfortable with that. The government no. is just now coming into a space. Leaders like Jen, leaders like others are coming in saying, okay, no, let's stop. Let's just stop for a second (laughs) and look at why we're doing the things we're doing. And that's great. But effectively, how long does that change take? Right. That's what, that's what worries me when we talk about ideology like this. And I believe I'm 100% with you. But the question is then how do you expedite, right? Without having a major, obviously it's major. Expedited by letting everyday people know that they can reach out to their congressmen at any time to let them know that if they believe in some legislation, they can reach out to the the people who are chairing that legislation and actually help guide it to be the right thing for their communities. That's super important. There you go. But I think that, I mean, that's, we're in a, we're in an inflection point. We're at a point of change where things are starting to get really moved interesting in all the ways you could say it right i don't want to see it as we're going to learn a lesson we're going to get there one way or the other. <laughs> right i'm yeah. really trying this not to learn the hard way yeah. right let's get out there and get folks actually in these areas if they don't know what to do there's ways there's ways you can figure out how to how to do this yes. do this this in the in this environment isn't that we're not talking about the on the it side you get very advanced techniques. You get very advanced techniques. But this isn't rocket science. This is this very is the prescribed science yes. that we have had for 50 years, for mm-hmm. 75 years, and we know what it is. And the industrial environment's way different, right? And that's another mistake we see. What I see also things is that some of the basic stuff that can start is you can have your boards asking the right questions. There's confusion. So we're seeing cybersecurity as a top three, top two priority on boards. But when you get beyond that, you get a lot of confusion. So what is cybersecurity? So they'll see an attack by Colonial Pipeline says, are we safe on that? Are we safe from this? Well, just ask that question is a weird- I was gonna say, who are they asking that question to? Because the operators at the low level are gonna say, no, we're not, we need this much money. The CISO is gonna say, if they have a CISO, he's gonna say, I mean, we can be good for a couple months. Well, this is is exactly the point. What they'll do is they'll give you the IT answer. Yes, we can protect against that, ransomware and we're doing all these great things against them what they didn't answer was on their ot side they're doing jet waddle because they don't know and it's a black box and they don't even know where to begin that so the the boards didn't know all they heard was yep we're good but you're using it to shield the ot issues because the board doesn't know to ask the right questions so i spent a a lot of difference between ot and correct so i spent a lot of time educating boards going there is actually a difference 
And you should be asking this question about Here's your Here's why it matters to your bottom line. And this is why it matters because of everything else, it is your bottom line. It is the way you produce anything. It is the actual identity of your company. It is what you do. It's your reason for being as an organization. So you might want to pay attention to that one. Ask the question this way. What are we doing in our OT? Do we know what we need to protect? And I'm telling you, nine times out of 10, people have no idea even what what they should be protecting. They don't know. If you don't know the answer to the first question, you're screwed, How man. Do you know the rest of it, right? You're screwed. How do you know for the rest. And of this it? is this is part of my my challenge, having been government and private sector. Is you know we talk about carrots and sticks and regulations and compliance and all of these things, but what is that that magic middle line, right? What is that that space where we're comfortable enough that owners and operators are willing to share information with the government, and the government is willing to say, okay, we're not going to smack you on this because you came to us and we're working together and everything's magical. Where's that space? What is that that fine line? What is that critical tipping point where everybody gets it? Huh. Well, there's no magic line, I don't think. Okay. I don't think there's one. That's a bummer. That is. And it, if it was a formula and it was easy, we would cross that line. Look, I'm, even all my customers, different ones, different spaces, different reasons for doing it. One is because they've been suffering attacks and they're scared. Okay. Well, fear is a good motivator, unfortunately. It's not the best. But it's a good one. It'll work. And I, again, you don't want to keep doing that. Um, others are, are looking at it going, well, this is part of our brand. We're, we're the latest digital badasses that are out there. I guess we better live up to this. Mm-hmm. Um, we're the most automated, whatever. Um, others have some key board members that are looking. Others are looking at that regulatory environment and realize that that's not going to lighten. That's going to go more. I got to stay ahead of that. But a lot of smaller and medium-sized owners and operators have nowhere to begin. They have nowhere to even start. Yeah, they have about- a, they're, they're, you, need, you need solutions right size for that. Yes. That says, look, we're gonna also help you. If you, it's no longer, this is a business imperative, okay? It's no longer if you should just let it's out. So let's talk about that. And I so, think that's where the, the, the ruling that's going to come out from DHS on how they're going to implement the 72 hours, I think that's absolutely critical. And it, it's going to either kill that's, or that's, that's causing a lot of stress on how do we do it because people again it's spirit and letter yeah am i yeah. trying to do that so i can just meet that and check the box and move on I didn't or are you actually trying to are you actually something? trying to do something behind the spirit of that and i think that's where when you talk about where the light comes on if you are looking at the regulatory environments or any of this stuff and you're talking about okay what's the least i can do to get this it lights probably Okay. Uh, if you're looking at this going, you know, this security stuff is important. This is my operations. This is my life's blood. So but where do I begin? But just like in you know, IT and the rest of the tech world and the rest of the business world, you often don't realize that until after chaos has happened. Yeah. I'm not going to say Cyber 9-11, but if I were going to say <laughs> Cyber 9-11, it would be Cyber 9-11. Right uh, for individual organizations and individual um, sectors. <laughs> Once you have that breach, then you really understand. You know, after you pay out the insurance and you pay out the ransomware, you pay out for all the customers, and then they cut the customers sue you because they didn't have electricity or they didn't have gas. Then you understand what that really is in your bottom line. And maybe, just maybe, they get crazy here. Maybe 
that's the lesson that we teach to those executives and board members is this is what it actually looks like. This is the cost of not doing what you do. So we, uh, we talked to that. They asked me, so what's, what's the ROI? Get that asked a lot. I'm like, well, when you look at this uh, and you're asking me for an ROI on your cycle, I can tell you what happens. It's a million bucks a day if you shut down. It's a this or that. Okay, loss of life. You got your suits, the Yahtzee, the risks, and all that kind of stuff. I can talk about all of that. But I said, at the end of the day, you're asking me to prove a negative. What's the value of something not happening? And that is freaking hard to, to, to actually prove. So why don't you look at this as a risk? You have risk all the time. Risk a hurricane. Your entire job is, is to determine what risk. is risk to right. your business. This it should is, not be hard for you. This is, this is a risk equation. In fact, we've actually mapped that out. If, you, if we do it, we say here. I do. So here's a point of attack. You just got attacked, right? We say, okay. Okay. Also, so right now he's actually using chocolates and stickers to make like a diagram. And I just want to point out that our listeners have no idea what you're doing. But I, but, but, but I will describe <laughs> it. You have a point of attack. And everything you do before the point of training, all the ass assessment, all the, the asset management, hard blah, blah, blah stuff that you do before that reduces the likelihood of successful attack. Likelihood of attack, 100%. We're not saying that. You can go ahead and take this bow tie risk matrix and tweak it. But everything that happens after that point of attack, okay, right of Lindor. Um, <laughs> right of Lindor. Nobody cares a, about right of Lindor. It's all about left of Lindor. We're just using a window chop as the point. Oh, so yeah, the, stuff on, the stuff on the right side is, can I see if someone's in there and can I get them out? Can I reduce the impact on my systems and therefore um, therefore on, the, on um, the, the actual impact of what they have and the consequences? So that reduces the risk. So now I've got, and I have a whole bunch of capabilities that I can put on that side. So when you're looking at this, you have the left of Lindor stuff, reduces the likelihood, right? Of Lindor stuff, Lindor stuff um, reduces the impact. Well, you got yourself a risk matrix and you can actually line up the capabilities across that. Some cross both, good, well-trained people help you on both sides of that. Of course. Right. So that, so you have your sort but of- But this is the larger problem with, uh, with OT is that there's not a whole lot of well-trained people. There are categories and pockets of well-trained people, which is wonderful. Right. But what about everybody else? Well, that- the, but that breaks the matrix. But no, right? what, what happens when you put that in there, then you start looking at this of saying, it's not just if I train someone, it's the roles they have. Of course. And what they need course. to do and how do they impact on my system. And you start getting more of a maturity focus on this than, a, again, a compliance. Yes, no. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I hear you. And you have like your assessment plan and then you have your protecting the fan, you have your protecting the spawn. You can actually line up that NIST stuff along here and you can actually point out all the capabilities you have. And there's not an infinite amount. There's like, God, uh, depending on how you want to do it, 20 or so. And then you can actually see how well you're doing. The reason why this is important is now you're talking about it in risk. And now I can score you and see well, how well you do. I mean, theoretically, you can score them on it. But that's assuming that all of the data that you're getting is coming from people who understand what the risk problem is. Correct. We're talking about small and medium operators who right. don't even know what that means. No. So while I agree with you that that's, that's a very important step, the first step has to be getting all the small business, all the medium business, all the big business in OT and ICS to understand what their requirements are and what those things even mean. Right. Like we have a, we that, have a but huge that's, turtle but that's that why, over. But this is why I literally set this up with boards is because they can get risk. 
They eat, sleep, and, and breathe. That's this fair. is also why I go to insurance companies. I go, this is your risk calculation. Now, you have to get data behind it. I get that. And you have to build it correctly. I get that. But it starts oh, with yeah. understanding and putting it in some context that you can freaking understand. Right. Oh, I can I can do one side. I can do the other side. So this is, this is fun. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna because the blue is my favorite. The, the blue Lindor for the <laughs> listeners, the, the Lindor model that we just created is yeah. very, it's, uh, yeah, it's trademarked, totally trademarked and patented. Um, left of Lindor, stay left of Lindor. So I, I mean, but but back to your point, you gotta get people to understand. You have to understand it in a context that makes business context. Um. Don't talk about it in technical context. Let me tell you about how many CEVs, blah, blah, all of a sudden. Nobody cares. Especially in OT. They're like, okay, what does this do to production? Right. Let's talk about production. What does it mean to my uptime? Right. And you have to understand that CIA models flipped in there. They, they want uptime. Okay. The confidentiality is. And they're going to get dinged. You know, if their uptime is not. At the right level, the government's going to come in and say, what are you doing? Yeah. Hey, fine. Oh, they're going to get dinged by more than government. Well, yeah. That's the market driver, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it means real money, but we can attach it to that. This is about uptime. This is about availability. This is, you know, you, you're talking about, uh, you have to talk the language of operations. This is what often is missed as well. You come in to, from an IT angle, IT solution, IT perspective. And I'm telling you, this game is fundamentally changing. Um, this, I actually think it's going to be flipped. Okay. As we go along here, that OT, they say, they call it an IT OT convergence. That's crap. It's a hostile takeover and OTs win. Okay. You don't I do that. not disagree. <laughs> you know, I, I, I had a chat with, um, with, with someone from Siemens actually, and uh, we were talking about ICS for ICS. You want to talk about how to respond to an incident to anyone in critical infrastructure, you talk about ICS, and they know that in and out. They've been living and breathing and dying by that for 20 years. Mm -hmm. Now, why don't we just take this whole cyber thing that we keep trying to tell them about and put it in that format? Sure. So they can just get it, right? Right. This is my whole point. You've this is have not it. difficult. We can do this. But you... The rose was pinned on those people. Rose was pinned on the IT shop. Go solve this. IT shop says, okay, I'll go take my IT solution because they heard the word cyber and they're like, ah, oh, okay, I got this one. I've been doing this a long time myself. Let's go have a patch Tuesday. And everyone on operations goes, patch Tuesday. Like we got people to give water to. It's like, and you're just like, there's no, there's a maybe a patch once every two years. If you can <laughs> do the patch. <laughs> If you if look you at that and you can actually implement it because your equipment. People come up to me and say, you know, I, gee, I have this critical system. It runs on Windows XP. And uh, what can I do about it? I'm like, I don't know. Pray? Um, <laughs> no, you have Give to. Give up now? Let's protect around it. And when can you update? But you have to have those kind of conversations. So actually, I'm going to stop you right there because this is a great bigger question is that is a lot of what happens in OT is duct tape and duct tape <laughs> yeah, and more duct tape. Bands. And yeah. Absolutely. But guidering the hell out of our critical infrastructure. So at what point do we say we need to rebuild and we need to rebuild with security? So security by design, big deal, right? And when you're going into it, depending on which industry, some replenish and restock 
more than others, mothers, right? You have a turbine and a power plant, that's like 50 years. So I don't know going to be harder to do. Okay, but the switches inside and other types of things, there's other pieces of that uh, that you can update more quickly. Um, and you have to, but you can't, it's not a rip and replace. IT, you replace all this junk. There's a reason, years. I love this example. There's a reason that Air Force One operated on DOS well into the 2000s. And it's because you knew exactly what the vulnerabilities were going to be and how to protect against them. And it, But that it, doesn't mean that it's super functional. No, <laughs> and this is a point. That's not, that, that's not an easy answer. It's because most of these systems were layered on proprietary system and then other systems. And then, like you said, Drew, and put in, and uptimes everything. So you have to be careful how you put the next parts in. Now you're connecting everything and trying to automate everything. So I, I tell my so customers, I said, look. you should be like a step back, like two steps back. We're going to go backwards a little bit, and we're going to cut out all of the stuff that we added that's really complicated, and we're going to start building. You're going to have them have technology Start backwards. building with security in mind. Right? So I think you have to see how they're going forward with it. Back to, back to our little Lindor model. If you get people understanding what they need to do, okay, and getting the fundamentals, like, guys, we're not talking, we're talking blocking and tackling. Okay, and it has to start from when you accept a piece of equipment when you first are starting to build your plant site, okay, wherever you have. You have to have the security by design thought of at that point. Absolutely. And when you accept something in, you have acceptance tests, and they do it today all the time. Man, they turn it on, man, they click it, they go through it, but all things. Well, you better have security. But they don't test. do any zero. They do zero. Yep. So what are we out there now doing? We're pushing for cyber security, cyber acceptance testing. Why? Because when you accept that piece of equipment, you're accepting all the risk from all everyone. the risk, all <laughs> the risk in every supplier before that. Yes. So the whole supply yes. chain, you just accept it. You might want to check for something. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, some of those, those are part of, we, of the fundamentals. Think about it from the beginning. Know what you have to protect. Know where the holes are. Can you see somebody in your systems? Can you get them out? Just those. Those five things so we just said right there. If you just ask them at the board level or the OT environment, you make a huge change. Oh, yeah. Just those. Okay. And that's what we're talking about doing. We're talking about those basic hygiene, that basic way of. Hey, if I hear hygiene one more time today, and you guys know my listeners, you know, I'm the queen of hygiene and everybody needs know everything about cybersecurity because it's actually not that difficult. We should be teaching five-year-olds about cybersecurity, but oh my God, hygiene. <laughs> uh, that word is difficult. And Listen. Uh, cyber 911 hygiene. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> By the Lindor model. <laughs> but yeah. Ian, this, this has been an amazing chat. This is amazing. And you're going to come back on the show because we're going to geek out, I think, about several of these individual topics. A lot more, more lenders. And- as long as there's lender, right? All right. Thank you so much. This is a great episode to my my listeners. This is uh, the latest episode of the National Blast, and I'll catch you on the flip side. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the National Blast podcast with Keenan Skelly. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, 
sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.